coach. Let's find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Lately, we keep being told to social distance from people. Keep six feet apart. To use a mask when we go out in public. Not to touch things or people. And to be very careful what we do. And to basically stay away from people. Stay away from people. Stay home. And like I said, not to touch people, not to touch things. If you do touch things, use hand sanitizer first. And this is this has been the mantra for the last, what, two to three months now. So what I want to talk about today, and I've got Dr. Susan Kay here with me today. Hi, Susan. Hello. Thank you for inviting <laughs> me back. We were on a call the other day, and we got to talking, and we decided that we're going to talk about recovering touch. Careful touch, careful touch. Because <laughs> so, there hasn't been enough touch lately, and, and we're not telling people to go touch it, you know, indiscriminately, but we're going to talk about the importance of touch and recovering touch, and I think just kind of help people, since, since we need to limit touch, maybe we need to kind of focus on what we've been missing and just kind of... Help us to focus on why it's important. Do you think maybe maybe that we've since we've been having to limit our touch, it's a good time to get people to think about touch in different ways? Yeah, I think um, it's going to be a, a good question and concern in people's hearts and minds when we get back out there. Again, do we now adopt not touching only because it's been mandated, but now what is the next virus or bug or germ or bacteria that comes around? Do we now fear touch and maybe put your heart and bow, you know, like some cultures do or uh, some sort of temple and bow, or do we just wave? You know, like it could be a whole new culture of how we we rethink being in touch. Well, I mean, COVID's not going to go completely away. It, it it's just not. You know, so we're going to have to rethink what we're doing and how we're doing it. So, you know, and and none of us want to wear you know, hazmat suits. So that's not feasible, you know. So we're going to have to rethink some things. I think we're going to have to be more aware. And there's a lot of people that, that I mean, like like we, we've all seen plenty of, of pictures of people that, you know, just kind of wander around on their phones and bump into things and that kind of thing. Cause, and they're not really aware of their surroundings. And I think that's going to have to stop and people are going to have to start being aware of what's going on around them and what they're doing and, and that kind of deal. So, and, you know, we we can't just go through life and not have human contact and touch with other people, can we? 
No. Historically, we know, uh, scientifically, we've proven it. And with our own design uh, by our creator, whatever, or whoever she looks like, uh, we are designed and, and chemically wired to survive through touch. It's our birthright. Ooh, I like that. Okay. So what, what happens, and I know you have cool answers for this. This is why I'm going to ask you. What happens if we are deprived of touch? Well, if you start right in the, the very um, most common thing we should know about ourselves, and yet I don't think that we do, because people always seem like, like a little taken aback when I say this, but when we're born, right, mm-hmm. we can't see so good, can't hear so good, we have no taste buds, and we can only smell mother's milk. Our nerve endings for touch throughout our body are completely and fully developed. That's why when we're held in a way that doesn't feel safe or secure or we're not held, like you don't come home from the hospital with mom for whatever reason. You might need a surgery or you might be in an incubator. All you get is medical touch. We can track that touch to the 55-year-old virgin sitting in front of me in my office. Because here's what happens. As we age out, can't see so good, can't hear so good, we lose our sense of taste and smell, but our sense and need for touch never changes unless, of course, there's a medical condition or an accident. But we are designed from birth to death the importance of being touched is real. Okay. So we've talked about this before, but I'd love to share it with the audience. We've talked about at length, and I I think this is just fascinating, about babies and how they are so impacted by touch from the very beginning, from, you know, from when they're first born. And it, it makes a lot of sense, and it made so much sense when you first told me, although I hadn't thought about it like this. But can you explain that to the audience? I just, I just think that's so fascinating. And, and you, know, you know, when you go through the maternity sections at the hospital, everybody loves looking at the babies in the nursery, and, okay. and which, which they actually don't do as much of that anymore. I know when I worked at the hospital locally, everybody just flocked to the, to the windows, you know, to look at all the babies. Um, but from what I understand, there are actually a lot of hospitals are now having it so that the babies are in the rooms with the mothers now, for the most part, um, which would um, increase the time you know, well, it should increase the time that the mother's holding the, the babies and that kind of thing. But what what is the difference in when the time that the mothers are actually holding, well, I mean, anybody, and especially the mother and the family members and all that, are holding the baby from the, the time that they're first born? What difference is that making? 
for the for the child. Yeah. Well, it's a thing called bonding, and you and your audience could could Google it. What is that window of time where mother and child bond? Um, you know, there's a lot written about that, and so if we're whisked away we don't have that bonding and moms have a lot of oxytocin on board which is the mother's milk uh, connection to hormones and touching and connection and when your oxytocin is high and you're deprived of right we're talking about of touch or connection and bonding women could go into depression I mean you hear about uh, postpartum depressions and it can be connected to this lack of ability to touch bond and connect and there can be many reasons that she's in trouble so she needs uh, attention the baby's in trouble what I heard once was a story um, about two twin baby girls that were born and they were premature as twins usually are and the one twin was doing fine and was thriving but the other one was not so they had the the failing twin in an incubator and the other one got to bond and be with mom one of the nurses decided to put the thriving twin in with the the failing twin and within hours the the failing twin uterine when you have twins that are together and you know formulating and being created together and they're separated that that's the trauma so it's the same when your mother and your mother and you're born and you're not able to bond and now they even have learned to keep the uh, umbilical cord keep them attached so that um, the, the all of the blood can pump through or whatever needs to be done to connect them um, hormonally and through whatever else is in the fluid um, that they allow that to pump down rather than cut the cord right away okay there's a lot that that we know now and I also have read about programs there's one here in Austin where it's uh, grandparents can volunteer or elderly people can volunteer to come into um, the hospital rooms where babies are born in um, uh, withdrawal from mothers that have addictions and so the babies don't get held or nurtured or taken care of um, there's these programs that are designed to uh, have have the grand have the grandparent type person holding and, and nurturing that baby uh, in those early stages. Yeah, you shared that with me. We included that's in the book, right? Oh, it could be. I don't know. I think I it is. That. So <laughs> it, it should be if it's not. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. Well, I include. Yeah, I think it is actually. <laughs> like I heard about that. <laughs> right. So I mean, it's just so it's so easily 
makes sense if we think about it for five minutes, but I right. don't know what happened. What's happened to our common sense? I don't know. What else is it sure has gone away in many levels and many ways. It, but, uh, it's not yeah. common anymore. <laughs> it's not common anymore, right. Common sense and common decency, they aren't common anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Sadly, figured that out a while back. It's like, what in the world? <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So what? What do you think of, of the the plan to to move the babies from uh, the nursery where they were to the mother room? You think that's with with all of this information? Is is that because I? Part of that is to help with the learning to nurse and all that. Do you think that's the the right plan? Is that a good way to go? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the middle road for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get back to midwives and having babies at home or having them in yeah. a midwifery center. Um, you know, that's something that got demonized along with breastfeeding got demonized. You know, Similac got uh, somebody's ear back in the 50s and every baby got Similac and they said, you know, breastfeeding isn't enough nutrients. There's all the nutrients the baby needs is in Similac. So it's that same mentality. The medical world took over, took over birthing, took over breastfeeding and yeah, here we are. (laughs) No common sense. (laughs) (laughs) There is that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you need an alternative, but everybody doesn't need an alternative, you know? Exactly. Exactly. But, I had my one daughter at home when I was only 30. A midwife came to our house, and that was back in 1979. And so I had to seek her out and was it lucky to find a, a midwifery clinic just about 40 miles away. When I had my youngest, I was 42, 43, so they wanted me in a birthing center, which was right across the street from the hospital. So Hmm. there's ways that we can work with people, and then there's all kinds of training and and classes that you take, so you learn a lot about your own body, your baby's body, and good parenting and mothering and breastfeeding and all that natural stuff. We were born to... uh, to, to have as part of our lives, but somehow it's gone away. And it's midwifery, not wifery. Mid- right, wifery. Huh. And Who there's knew? people called, um, uh, what's the word, doubles? Du- Dwell- uh, Dwellers or something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. I just saw a bumper sticker with it on my friend asked me, what is a, a I said that's a midwife. <laughs> Whatever that word is. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know somebody does that. Okay. Your audience can look it up, or it'll come to me before we hang up. I'm sure. Yeah. I know. <laughs> or, I can, or I could look it up. I'm like, how many names do we need for the same thing? Come on, folks. <laughs> so. <laughs> I know. We just got to confuse things a little bit more. Oh yeah. But 
Yeah, that's well. It seemed like when I was reading that information about the the change in in the hospitals and all that, it seemed like it was a really good idea to to have the, the well, you know, to have the the mothers with the babies in their room and that sort of thing. The only negatives I was seeing were the mothers that have multiple children at home that mm-hmm. already already know the process. And they were actually really looking forward to having a day or so of peace in the hospital before they went back home again. So, okay, right. I can kind of see that, you know. And like, yeah, just take care of the baby for a day or so, you know. But um, right, yeah, especially for the mothers, I can completely see the you know wanting to, um, you know, have, you know, needing to understand and and you know, get the experience and know what they're doing and all that kind of thing. So, but that was, it's an interesting idea. Interesting idea. Mm-hmm. I wanted the doula, D-O-U-L-A. Okay. I figured I was pronouncing it wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All so right. Folks know, everybody should know that that is an option. And the modern day doulas, if you see that sign or know someone that says they, that's what they do, then you'll know. Right. Yeah, same midwife, yeah. Very true. Yeah. All right. Now, we were also talking about, we were going to talk at the very beginning, about some cliches or quotes that are based around the idea of touch. I like the ones you put together. Do you want to mention a few of those? Oh, sure. I would love to. Um, I think touch is is like a whole page in the dictionary, if you look it up. Like there's all these meanings to touch. Mm -hmm. And so I just recently gave a sermon on on, um, touch. Are we out of touch with our humanity, which I think we should also take a look at. But in looking at that, um, how we use touch in such... Uh, small ways, but yet in such large ways, which was struck me about some of these terms that I wrote down. So I'll share share them with you. Um, reach out and touch someone. That's the old Ma Bell. Yeah. Logan. Yeah. Uh, stay in touch. Let's. Touch should should we should we explain who Ma Bell is for the younger listeners? <laughs> You might need to. I don't know your audience. <laughs> AT&T now. Yeah, really. Yeah. It used to be Ma like your, you know, your friend. <laughs> nice. No. So, you know, yeah. it, it, it's amazing how much things have changed just in my lifetime. You know, I just, but, you know, I'm... I'm I'm glad that I've seen things change so much. You know, I, I talk to to kids and they 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 love all the technology and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm I don't have an issue that I had to at some point use rotary dial phones. I don't yeah. mind that I had to get up and go change the TV channel. I don't right. even really mind that I had to go outside and turn an antenna for a different TV channel, and we only had three. <laughs> this doesn't really bother me that much, you know. Yeah. I I yeah. can I can remember those days, and appreciate now 
having unlimited TV channels. You know, mm-hmm. I I like the progression of these things. You know, exactly. right? But that's just yeah. me. <laughs> so. Well, I think it's the world needs to take a look because back then we appreciated things. You know, yeah, to go out and get exactly. an ice cream cone or to go out for dinner, that was huge. Yeah, now, it was a big deal. Everything, right? We take everything for granted and we want more. And it's yes. the wanting more that's getting us into trouble with the planet, consumerism, yes. and... You know, what's next? What's next? What's next? We're on this fast track to what's next. And so when you get everything you want, then what? You want more? Yeah, oh, that's right. I'm a few time over billionaire. I should have more. You know, it's just a mentality that's not healthy. Well, it's the never being satisfied, you know. It's the never being satisfied and I have to have more. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, how much do you need? Yeah. And that's external. That's external. We think things coming in from the outside is what's going to bring us joy and happiness and satisfaction when it really is what's inside. And being in touch, we're back to our topic. There you see there. Yeah, you know that worked. (laughs) Yeah, we're really tricky. So being in touch with ourselves, and you know that's where we start writing the book, Nikki, that's with you is where it starts, and then what's you with other? How do you share you with other? And, and it is about being in touch with yourself, and then how do you be in touch with someone else? And if you aren't in touch with you, you can't be solidly in touch with another. I'm hoping, and I don't know if you want to get to what, what can happen, the opportunities we have here is to get back to looking at um, what's it mean to be just masking the fact that I'm not in touch with myself, with running around, like run to the store or run to the bar or run to restaurant or run to meet friends, run to do, run to run, you know, like keeping distracted, keeping us from um, looking at what's it mean to be out of touch? What's it mean to reach out and touch someone? You know, those are the things touching someone's life. Yeah. Well, it's it's incredible when you can be able to touch another person's life. And you don't you don't have to literally physically touch them to touch their life. There's a million different ways to touch a person's life. Yeah. And I mean that's that's something that I can do through this show. That's why I started the show. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, and it's yeah. something something we hope to do through the book, you know, is touch people's right. lives. That's something we can do during this whole COVID-19 craziness, you know. But you want to touch them in a positive way. So how how can you touch them and maybe how would you touch their life? Yeah, and feel fulfilled. We think being fulfilled means we have enough junk. You know, we have the latest yeah. junk. We have the hottest car or the best clothes, you know. It's, and the the meaninglessness of what we've been marketed to. And right. then on the flip side, what we've been demonized to about touch. You know, touch has become 
um, I don't know if it's a dirty word, but I don't like the word dirty attached to sex, but, you know, we've had to cut off being touched and, and having our children touched. Daycare, daycare centers cannot put a child in their laps anymore for fear they'll be uh, accused of molestation or, you know, we've, We've demonized touch in, in many ways. People aren't allowed to talk about their bodies. Don't teach them about sex or bodies, how bodies work, because if you teach them, they'll go and do it. Hmm. And then they say, talk to your kids about drugs so they won't do it. So there's this, this mixed message, this fear, this bottom line uh, uh, almost desire to not be in touch physically, mentally, emotionally. Because it's scary. When you're in touch with yourself, sometimes it can be scary. And when you look into someone's eyes and tell them five things you appreciate about them, it's yeah. hard. And then it's your turn to receive. That's scary. Yeah. Yep. So we avoid. We buy more stuff. <laughs> we go get. Well, that's that's just like you know when like intimacy. Okay, <laughs> I've got a friend, love him to death, but he he can't even say the word intimacy. Okay, he says that mm. that dirty I word. Okay, but yeah. Yeah. and but when you when you break it down, it says into me you see. Okay, exactly. and that's true. That's it's true, right? <laughs> because right. you're you're literally letting that person see into you. That's mm-hmm. scary. You're yeah. making yourself vulnerable to that person. And how many people do you let yourself be vulnerable to? Right. Seriously, how yeah. many people? Do you do that with? I'm just thinking. I mean, you know, it's it's not smart to be vulnerable to a whole lot of people, just because you mm. could be taken advantage of. But I mean, you know, choose choose wisely who you're vulnerable to. You know, depending on how you do it, it's uh, it can be scary to be vulnerable to people. I I know over the last year I've had to be vulnerable in a lot of ways because of health stuff. And it's 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 bad. It is a bad situation to be in. But I mean, there was there was just nothing I could do about it, and I I had to just buckle down and deal with it. But it was it was rough. It was yeah. very rough. Still is in some ways. Rowan, sure, go ahead. Fact. Here's a sure. quirky fact. I, I found all kinds of cool quirky facts. When I was preparing, <laughs> when I was preparing for for my my sermon, <laughs> and I actually said this in church. Adult size skin bag, when stretched out, would range around twenty square feet, which is the size of a twin bed sheet. Uh, what was that? <laughs> the whole thing, or the end? Yeah, what what was it that would do that? Your adult skin bag. You know, like your skin bag, like, a, you know. Yeah. Stretched out the skin on the on an average-sized person, which I don't know what that, adult average-sized person, 
would okay. range around 20 square feet. And to give you a visual, it's the size of a twin bed sheet. Interesting. Yeah, well, okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we don't think I about never. It. <laughs> you know? And uh, I know I've taken uh, self-help courses that I say, you know, you're just, you're, you know, you're just a skin bag. You're just stuck in the skin bag. Thinking of an old Tracy Lord's movie for some reason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of the quotes I came up with, if you are touched by something, it makes you feel sad, sympathetic, or grateful, or it can, I should say. It can make you feel sad, sympathetic, or grateful. So there's that touched, again, with just words, like being touched, yes. right? Exactly. And Yeah, John Keats said touch has a memory. You know, you don't forget it when someone mm-hmm. has touched you. When I have clients in front of me, uh, mostly my work's online, but when I have a client in front of me that's, you know, just terrified, took them a year to call me, took them another half a year to get to me, you know, like one of those. And I'm glad when I have them in front of me because I can just take their hand or maybe stroke their face with the back of my hand and just take their hand and and show them what true um, giving, but for my own receiving can feel like, where it's not where I'm giving to get you somewhere or get something from you. I'm touching you for my pleasure with boundaries and consent because I ask, well, may I touch your hand from here to here and is anything wrong with your thumb or your finger? So complete consent and uh, negotiation. And when when that's in place when there's consent and negotiation where you can touch me here with a light toucher, something happens. And my clients, I'll see them, they look at their hand and they'll look at me and they'll look at their hand and they'll look at me and they're like, I never felt anything like that before. And I know that they will never forget it. And now you can never go back from knowing that can exist for you. And it's all in a simple touch mm-hmm. yeah so it's you know a reason why it is so scary like okay so if I get touched like this and I never have it again you know like it it can be a scary thought and Leo Biscaglia do you remember Leo's book back uh, well he was in the 70s I guess The Art of Loving it was one of the first books I yeah. read that sent me down this road mm-hmm. yeah Good old Leo, he said, too often we underestimate the power of touch, which has the potential to turn a life around. And I've witnessed that. I have seen that. And this one, really poignant, um, to be able to feel the lightest touch really is a gift. Christopher Reeves. Yeah, I've read that and it's like, wow. That coming from him, yeah. 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 I'm I'm guessing that was after he had his accident. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. That wow. I know. Mm. Just yeah. wow. 
That's to think about and be grateful for. Definitely. So have opportunity and maybe now a new vision of what it means to be out of touch and what it can mean to be in touch. And that's what I'm focusing my, we're doing, redoing my website and um, we're going to be integrative mind-body therapies. And at the core of it is about touch and how we touch each other and how we um, need touch. And those early years we were talking about going back to babyhood and childhood, that's why I mostly send every client to a cuddle therapist first before we even do much work because, and they're completely clothed. There's nothing sensual, sexual about, well, sensual. Sensual get demonized into a sexual thing, but our sensuality is the first five years of our lives. How do we read our lives? We don't right. have cognition on board, so we're reading it through, mm, I smell grandma's chocolate chip cookies, right? Yeah. Oh, until the day at 45, when I smell chocolate chip cookies, I am right in grandma's kitchen, right? So it's those, those senses, those first five years that our little computers are downloading. And those are the first five years that I want. That's where my practice is built from. And so to get them cuddled and held and nurtured and to feel a value, again, the you with you, comes from that deep nurturing and being in touch with yourself and others. Chocolate chip cookies and apple pie and macaroni and cheese. We all have them. <laughs> That's funny. So the chemistry of touch, did we cover that? Um, a little bit. Uh, there is, well, we talked about oxytocin, which is the chemistry um, of nurturing what you feel when you're nurtured and being held and mother-child kind of bonding when people get a massage. You know, the way you feel when you go out, your oxytocin has been raised. Um, endorphins, the feel-good. Let me see, I'm trying to find my notes. Oh, they're on the computer. Uh, Endorphins are the, the feel-good highs that we get when we're in love, right? Oh, yeah. You don't have to sleep. You know, you got, you got chemistry on board. And you can go for weeks without eating and not even know it. Well, I'm back exaggerating, but folks know what I'm talking about. And <laughs> what we track is that the chemistry of that high lasts about two years. Right. You can read books by sexual anthropologist Helen Fisher, and they tracked it like that chemical high lasts about two years, and then people get married, right? Then they start <laughs> planning the wedding or whatever, and so they're lost in that, and then the, so that's a different kind of endorphin or high, and then they get their new house or their apartment, and they set all that up, so that's, you know, all that's going on, and then the kids get here, and then it crashes, they say it's about four years till those um, that high endorphin feeling, that ecstasy of love, which we think is how we're supposed to feel all the time. Um, it's not normal and natural to think that that's going to last you for the next 60 years of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> and so when people fall, that chemistry 
falls out, they think, oh, I must not be in love anymore. So I'll go get somebody else. And they feel that high and, you know, the chemicals are on board and then the same routine happens. So it's looking at what are those steadfast chemical feelings. And it's in the oxytocin. It's in the touch. It's in the memories. But we fail to teach people about that. And the longevity of our relationships now, you know, years ago, back when, people, lucky if they lived to be 30, right? <laughs> then it was True. 50, right? Then it was 50, and now it's 90 or 100. So you get married at 25 or 30, you're going to be with this person a long time, not like they're going to die and, you know, in their 50s. So it's something we don't speak to and teach into, with couples, and they watching, they're watching. Uh, what's the thing my mom lives on? Um, the love, the movies are all Hallmark. Hallmark, yes. <laughs> my ninety-year-old mom's addicted to Hallmark. You know, <laughs> it's because we remember those highs or those feelings or the fantasies, and then we throw everything out. We think that if I touch her. She's going to think I want sex, and she's thinking if I touch him, he's going to think I want sex. And nobody's getting touched. <laughs> it's sad. Isn't that so tragic and yet so simple and so common sense? Oh, there's that word again. Never mind. <laughs> Unless they watch Hallmark, because in Hallmark, all they Unless do is kiss. Oh, no, no, they're all just so high and in love and everything works out. <laughs> well, they don't really kiss until the end of the movies, though, so, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know Very formula, formulaic movies, trust me. Oh. So, that's so if, if you watch... For that big finale. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you watch very many, I mean, you know exactly what's going to happen where, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, you know, we, we've all been living under this whole do not touch mandate and, the, you know, stay six feet away from people and all this kind of thing. Do you think that, that the whole thing that we've been living over for the last three months, do you think it's affected us, like, for, for now and for the future and how we do things? Well, do, knowing how do, we forget things uh, <laughs> yeah I think people want to forget they're already crowding the beaches and crowding the restaurants so they we'll are see. yeah there are pictures out from people that were on the beaches this weekend and it's a crack crowded beach yep so what's going to happen when winter comes around and that's really the flu and virus season and this virus has mutated already six times, so they just get stronger. You know, uh, Dr. Carol Nettleton said this to me 30 years ago. She said, yeah, we'll all be gone, but the bugs and the viruses will still be here. Yep. Because they know how to change. We're not good at it. And it's happening. We see it happening before our eyes what we're doing to the, the, the waters, the air we breathe, the soil, this thing now with animals and the virus is jumping. I mean, if we don't 
get a hold of ourselves real quick. There's going to be a stronger virus next year and then the year after that and the year after that. So I don't know whether we'll wake up. We'll see. I I, I actually have hope with the, the millennials and who my my grandson's in his 30, he's 32 or 33, and he calls himself the green generation. Hmm. And they care. You know, they're the Bernie people, right? They care about the planet. So if we don't get some of that going on, I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question, but do we forget? We like to forget. That's why we, like I was saying before, we go party, we go shopping, we go drinking, we go eating. So we don't have to think about those things. Mm. You have more. You have more hope. You have a hope for us. I don't know. I'm I'm seeing some encouraging comments. Oh. I don't know if I'm seeing enough encouraging. I'm seeing some completely stupid comments, but I'm I'm seeing some encouraging. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope, but I'm seeing some encouraging. How about that? Yeah, I do too because that's the world I live in. I live in with people who are, you know, the light bearers or who have uh, positive programming and that things will turn out. And uh, that's what I'm hanging on to is that we will have a wake-up call, that there is enough going on around us that we will see the value of taking on um, caring for this planet that sustains us and each other. That's why I've changed my uh, focus with my work. It's more about being in touch and how we touch each other or don't. Yeah. Well, you, you just made an interesting point because I, I run into people on Facebook that say, everybody I, I see on here is just stupid. I'm like, okay, then there's an easy way uh, to fix that. Surround yourself with better people. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't like the people you're running into, run into better people. Exactly. I mean, seriously, you know, it's just not that complicated. You can completely control who you run into on Facebook and any other social media. Yeah. I, I just don't see the problem. <laughs> but if, if I continue to run into people that say stupid things, I just unfollow them or unfriend them. Simple, but, you know. Well, you know, we're wired to, we don't like change, but we want the people around us to change to fit into our wiring. <laughs> well, but see, I know they're not going to. You know, I know they're right, not. Exactly. And I, have, I am to the point in life where I'm like, okay, I don't need the frustration. So, and I can't change them. I'm not going to change them. I mean, I... I and well, and and if I've if I've tried to offer suggestions that I know would help improve things for them, and they have made it abundantly clear that they don't care what I have to say, then okay, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. And and I've said, you know, if if you'd like any further information, you know how to find me. Then <laughs> I've I've done what I need to do. But I don't know. It just life. Life is too short for the frustration. Some days. Right. So my my profile is is available for whoever would like to see what I'm posting and anything about the shows and all that kind of stuff. But I don't have to follow anybody I don't want to. So I figured that you know, save my sanity. 
So you've said we're out of touch with our humanity. What's that mean to you? Hmm. Well, what does humanity mean? So I actually looked it up when I was writing this. this okay. I, I knew you did. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the qualities that make us human, such as the ability to love and have compassion and be creative. And we have this in our psyche sort of about humanity is, and what the dictionary said too, is when people do bad things, it tests your faith in humanity. And I was there for a long time. Like I thought, you know, this, this whole deal has to just be wiped out. And we're a test. We're in somebody's test tube. They're watching like, look what happens when we take this away from them. Or look what happens when we put this in front of them. And we're like in this, you know, aquarium kind of thing. But for me, it's like how do we, we take a look at how we're being with each other, and especially in today's world. You know, how do we be with people of color, people that don't look like us? How do we be with those folks that are fleeing uh, a country where we probably gave their leaders the, the warfare to <laughs> go on, get off on their, get on to their people and chase them out away. But anyway, it's, you know, how are we about people who are homeless or refugees or, or don't have food? You know, how are we uh, about the animals and about the, our water and the planet? Now, I think it's, it's looking at are we, are, we, are we a step above the animals? In nature, there is diversity. Just take a look at the plants, at the flowers, at the bugs, at the birds. You know, nature thrives on diversity. We don't do so well. And yet we're supposed to have the, the superior mind, which we do, but did we lose something inside of our, our intuition and our, um, our heart connection to, to be humane with each other? So that's, yeah, a way back to our humanity is being in touch. Interesting. In touch in a variety of ways. Right. How many different ways can we be in touch with other people? Well, the, the list I read and you know, what was the... The cliches, like stay in touch, which I think maybe people have learned that one with um, now we, we can't just go, hey, meet me over at Joe's, you know, for a drink. <laughs> we have to maybe reach out and touch, like, hey, you know, I was thinking about you today, just wondered how your day's going. So communication, I always say communication is our largest sex organ. But it's also our largest humanity organ. Like, how are we communicating with each other? And when you meet for a drink, do you really get into, like, how are you feeling? What's going on with you? Maybe that happens more over wires where it's a little safer. You know, touch, let's touch base, being out of touch. 
Well, and, and when you get together to communicate, do you get together somewhere where you can actually hear each other? Yeah, there you go. That's a good start. Because, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, you go some places and you're like, what? What? You what? Can't even, <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm, I've gotten to the point. I just turn around and walk out of those places. I don't even Exactly. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's... And it is knowing yourself, like, and to be in touch with you, you know, it's an old, it's an old ancient statement, but, you know, it's old wisdom that's coming around again is meditate. In the silence and in the stillness is you with you. Get to know you. Bring your child in. Talk to your child. How are you doing? Bring in your, I bring in my hippie self, you know, when I traveled the country eight times in my 66 Chevy van, you know, like, how are you doing? Because we're not doing that right now. We're not getting in an airplane flying, which I love to do. So we're, we're um, eating more different kinds of recipes. I'm doing some back to the vegetarian cooking kind of thing that I did. Or, you know, be in touch with those pieces of yourself that maybe get lost or, or not acknowledged. Be in touch exactly. with all of those pieces of your jig- jigsaw puzzle, as I call it. That's it. Well, that's it. That's like some people during this whole thing are like, but I don't want to spend time by myself. No, I don't want to do that. It's like, eh, it might yeah. be good for you. <laughs> so, yeah. It it can be that's it fine. can be good good to get in touch with yourself. Mm. Yeah. But it's Slowly, not as step at a time. But yeah, it's okay to, to like being more on your own, being by yourself. I, I enjoy I enjoy myself, and you know, people say, "Oh, you know, I'm just I'm going crazy. I've been stuck in a house for three weeks." I'm like, I love it. <laughs> like, you know, I do too. I know. I, 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 I say, well, but you don't have to be by yourself. I'm like, I enjoy it. I like being by myself. I get, get I things know. done. That's yeah. great. I, I laugh at my own jokes. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. Like I'll say something. Oh, that's really funny. Uh, you know, somebody else might not think so, but I get off on it. And I put on music and dance. Like I'll just get up and put on an oldie and dance uh, to go into the chapel. Or I tell you, really love me tomorrow. That's a favorite one. <laughs> I I have I live by myself and I have no issues whatsoever. And you know, Muse Muse loves it when I'm home. So you know, he's <laughs> entertainment. Exactly. He he's, he's been loving, he's been loving this stay at home order. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah. again. All the animals are. Yeah, the animal you. shelters are emptied out because people wanted pets to hug on and love while they were stuck at home. I just hope they keep them now. But, you know, there's that being in touch, being able to hug and snuggle and pet a dog or a cat or a pet. You know, there's, there's a way of getting our touch needs met. Yeah, I think I think one of the local shelters was putting out an article about something in uh addressing that whole thing and saying, you know, you you adopted one during this. Now, you know, you need to keep them after this. <clears throat> but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, but hopefully they'll they'll get attached enough that that they'll understand that that or, you know, want to keep them afterwards. Yeah. But, take care of them. Yeah. 
Yep. So we about how you get in touch. I mean, you could start with massage if you're avoiding being living with yourself from what I call the neck down. Um, get in touch with um, sensation and what that brings up for you. If there's anything going on that could be keeping you uh, in avoidance, then you need to start taking a look at basic massage, and people can go to cuddle therapists. Go get cuddled. Um, and I'm hoping that those kinds of uh, platforms will be more honored and recognized as valuable and not demonized as, well, it could lead to sex, you know. Yeah, well, so can a beer and a glass of wine. So <laughs> and it has more than once. So. You know, people, I don't know. All right, we won't go there. I'll behave. <laughs> so, well, we're just about out of time. Any any last-minute thing that you'd like to cover? Any Any last-minute thing about the changes you're making with the business that you'd like to tell the audience about? Oh, well, yes. Um, integrative therapies to connect mind and body, which is a lot about all that we have kind of looked at today. And, of course, how we then get you connected with other. You know, we have folks like surrogate partners who work uh, in a very professional manner and in uh, teaching sensate focus exercises, which um, start with the hands and go on to teach other connections and body parts and dating skills. Uh, if you're nervous to get out there in a world where you actually talk to someone face-to-face, not just on the phone or on the Internet, um, yeah, we address all of that. So we have from cuddle therapists to surrogates and everybody in between that does energy work and uh, matchmakers, uh, not matchmakers, but you know people that are in the the business of bringing people together. Um, yeah, we're expanding. We're going to have what's called an academy inside of the institute, where anybody that wants to come on and teach a course um, in this conversation in this arena. So we'll have courses available. I have a YouTube channel, Dr. Susan K. Go like my YouTube channel. There'll be lots more uh, coming onto the the YouTube channel about the seminars. We're going to do clips of the seminars and courses, like a minute clip, and then folks can can purchase a membership and get to see them all or purchase one at a time. So the YouTube channel's growing. And the book, uh, yeah, the book's coming along. Um, it is. <laughs> and my normal is. And... I'm getting very excited about it. Um, yeah, hopefully by the end of the year, we've changed our mynormalif.com page um, because of everything that's happened here. We thought the spring, but now we're looking at hopefully the end of the year. I have to talk to my writer more about that, though. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I think you can her. <laughs> November? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I would that's, love that. That's a Grateful Thanksgiving. Grateful day to be done. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. We are ready. No doubt. 
Mm. All right. Well, I tell you what. Well, thank thank you very much for coming on today. And like I said, I'm trying trying to find topics that that fit into all the craziness that's going on right now and and to help us all kind of deal with what's going on and and learn something while all the craziness is going on too. And I think this this fit in really nice with that. So so thank you for coming on with me today. Thanks for inviting me. And in the meantime, until the Integrative uh, Mind Body Therapies gets launched, you can find me at drsusank.com. Uh, we have ongoing communications happening there as well. Definitely. If you want to have a chat, um, you know, reach out and give me a shout. Let's chat. Let's talk. Let's touch. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank and you. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks for having me. It was great. All right. And listeners, I'll be with you next time on Radio Radio. to prove you wrong.